Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Those Movie Dudes Podcast. After a week of technical difficulties, we are back with a broad assortment of films that we've never seen before. First, we go back to the early 90s as three friends try to survive their childhood amongst gang violence in the dangerous neighborhoods of Los Angeles in one of the early films of Cuba Gooding Jr. Snow Dogs, Boys in the Hood. Then we go to a snowy, secluded town that is torn apart after a tragedy kills most of the town's children in The Sweet Hereafter. Finally, we check out one of the earlier films of Academy Award-winning director Bong Joon-ho, where a mother desperately searches for the killer who framed her son in the murder of a young woman in Mother. My, my, question, to, uh, my question to Nate. Yeah. Oh, there <laughs> How are you doing today, Nate? I'm just dandy. How are you? I don't you like doing when it? I ask you that question. Oh no, I say how's no, your weekend. You say how's you your get weekend? Get all pissed off because <laughs> I don't want to be asked that question. But I'm always oh, interested about to know weekend how your weekend was. Yeah, I know. I but can, we haven't even had the weekend. Yet. I can tell you the off air. Tomorrow, I can tell you off podcast how my weekend is. I don't know if I want to share cool. my weekend details with the people that are listening. Uh, what if I'll they want to know? I did nothing. I smoked pot and went to work. And so it's essentially, that's all that happens. And it's watch a bunch of movies and try to catch mm-hmm. up and fall asleep. And then after we watch like half the movie and then fall asleep at the end, yeah. and then after we watch the end, I'm like, oh God. Watch <sighs> Japanese movies about people oh. learning how to make ramen and people passing an egg yolk from mouth to mouth, like French kissing. Like, yeah, what the huh? fuck? What? Uh, but yeah, so Nate, how was that movie that you watched, Tampopo? It's fucking good. It yeah. was so wacky, but like a lot of foreign movies sometimes because we're so used to american movies i look at them and i th- see the performances as like really stale and just like set up this was one of the first ones where i was like they, it felt fluent it felt like everyone was legitimate kind of thing and not just staged and told what to what to say and it, it just had a a quirky charm to it but it was also bizarre which is always nice to see but yeah it was great Sounds nice and John, did you nice. do a, a, a John? A John, hello, are you there? Yes, Munzer. You listening? Hi. Oh, have you? Hi. Did, did you watch any random movies recently? Any, uh, any TV shows? Um, in, uh, that's a good blue? question. Um, oh, I did watch the latest episode of so Mandalorian. Much. I think. Oh, the one that just um, came out today. No, no, no. I watched the one where. Hey, they, no, no spoilers, no spoilers. But just last week's episode revealed sure something quite interesting. Sure. Okay, all right, well, that's cool. Yes, <laughs> I have not watched any other films though, because it, it takes enough time out of my day or week to watch our movies. Aww. So. Mm. Okay. Aww. Got you. You're so yeah, busy. That's, that's um, so well, I bad. I rewatched uh, Klaus the other night. Oh, and wonderful movie. Just PSA, this is a movie that you need to check out this Christmas, this holiday season. It is so underrated for a Christmas movie. It is, honestly, like, every Christmas I'm probably going to put this on. Mm -hmm. I know we watched this last year for a podcast episode that I feel like we didn't end up getting a chance to record, but nevertheless, we still all watched it, and it's, it's such a great movie. It's Netflix original, so. It has a type of animation that I wouldn't say is... Like, because now we've got all this amazing, like, high-tech digital Pixar animation and stuff like that. Well, this kind of took, almost felt like the Iron Giant type style. And really, almost like a fairy tale. Yep. All these abstract way that the town looks. and it felt more like maybe hand-drawn. Like Tim Burton-ish. These are all movies and TV shows and all that, and all 
forms of entertainment that were not voted on by our Instagram followers, which you can do at those movie dudes on Instagram and in our stories every weekend. Uh, because we had some movies that were voted on that we all watched this week that we all get to pick. Uh, the movie that won for me was a film called Boys in the Hood, directed by John <laughs> Singleton. Uh, it's got a pretty great cast, and it was a movie that I knew that we all hadn't seen and that we needed to. So uh, I was very happy that this one won. So that was the one that we watched for me this week. Nate, what was the one that won yeah. for you this week? So my movie was Mother by acclaimed director of Parasite and Snowpiercer and Okja. Um, Bong Joon-ho. Joon yep, Bong Joon-ho, mother. Still haven't finished Parasite, by the way. So. Yeah, and that's a complete travesty, and you should go kick the stool. Have you rewatched oh, it? You haven't seen oh. Pretty Woman, so... Uh, yeah, but that didn't win Best Picture and shake the landscape of cinema. That mm. That is true. That is a good point. Uh, well, that's fun, Nate. Okay, and John, what was what was the movie Ooh. that we watched? Oh, oh sorry, are we boring you? <laughs> no, maybe. Um, John ran to the microphone. But yeah, what was the movie that we watched uh, for you this week? <sighs> um, well, for me, I watched a uh, well. We watched a film from 1997, directed by Adam Egyen, and it was you know a nice, depressing movie about a bunch of children dying in a school bus. The sweet hereafter. I saw that IMDb description, and I was like, oh, okay, we're in for a fun treat this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You guys do it to me. You usually have hey, movies no, about I, you know, like mass I said, suicide watch, and genocide and I will watch whatnot, whatever so. movie gets voted on and picked from our followers at this movie dudes that we put up in the poll. I mean, we, we, put it, we, we do it to ourselves. I mean, we are picking the movies yeah. when it comes down to I it. I will but. as well, unless it's a man called Ove. Then I'll probably watch that instead because that has happened. Yeah. <laughs> what an inside joke that no one's going to understand. <laughs> but that's okay. They don't need to. When it's out of context, sometimes it's funnier. Oh, right. Man called Ove. Yeah, yeah. see? No, I do. I'd see where you're coming from. Fascinating. All right. Well, well, John, what movie would you like to talk about first this week? What? I'm not even fully awake, and you're asking me what I want? Well, I think you should Damn. get with the program, and that's why I'm calling on you. Thank you. Well, Spencer, I think we should try to start on, I would hope, a somewhat of a positive note. And I think the movie <laughs> the most positive aspect, sadly, is probably Boys in the Hood. So, I would disagree with that, but okay. I don't see what's... I mean... I don't like, know. I think if you're the, trying to go positive, I don't think you're going to get that. How about, this week. How about like None most of the movies are positive? Like, I week. smiled more during Boys in the Hood, maybe. But don't Just you want to end off the podcast with, like, good? I want to end it with a bunch of school children dying on a school bus and freezing to death. Okay. Yeah. We can talk about Boys in the Hood. Came out in 1991. John Singleton. He was 23. Or I think he was 23 years old when he made this movie, and he was 24 years old when he was nominated for an Oscar for director and screenplay. So how does that make you feel now that we're all 25 year olds on Zoom talking about movies and his work that he did at 24 years old? Um, that is just such an impressive fact, and uh, this is feature debut. I mean, I think the studio wanted another director to come in and tell the story, but he was like, "No way! I grew up in Southern California. Like, I want to tell the story authentically and the way like out." I am in control, so I really respect that, and so that's why I've always heard of this movie, and so I'm very happy that we got to check this one out, but it follows the lives of three young males living in the Crenshaw ghetto of Los Angeles, uh, dissecting questions of race, relationships, violence, and future prospects. It has Cuba Gooding Jr., Lor uh, Lawrence Fishburne, 
Ice Cube in his, uh, I think, feature debut, and Morris Chestnut. Um, so, and, oh, and Regina King is also in this movie, Angela Bassett. Uh, so it's got some great actors that all had some fantastic careers after this movie. Um, and, yeah, it's got some great uh, IMDb 7.8, uh, Letterboxd, uh, sorry, uh, Rotten Tomatoes 96%. I mean, very critically acclaimed. So, Nate, Boys in the Hood. Yes. What'd you think? I thought it was fucking awesome. Okay. This was a a poster that I had seen for a long time, and I always just looked at Cuba Gooding Jr. and just thought, he doesn't look like he fits this movie. And when I first saw him in the movie, I'm like, he just walked on the wrong set. Like, he did not look like he was supposed to be there. <laughs> okay. um, it's like he just walked off Snow Dogs and walked right onto Boys in the Hood or something. Thank you, know? you. I was waiting for somebody to make a Snow Dog reference before I had to. I did it in my written review. Cuba Gooding Jr. Well, because Cuba Gooding Jr.'s best role, uh, best role, bar none, is Snow Dogs. Obviously. obvious. Yeah. Clearly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Screw Jerry Maguire. Screw this. Screw radio. Um, <laughs> screw radio. <laughs> it's 100% snow. Fuck dogs. radio, dude. <laughs> or he was an aspiring dentist. Oh, yeah, what a man. piece of shit. But, yeah, this... I, I, I like... <laughs> um, I just like it when he's trying to play with Demon and Demon attacks him and whatnot. Like, uh, Go watch Snow Dogs, everyone. Um, but yeah... <laughs> This it it was cool seeing this type of story told and just seeing how other races how some of them grow up how their family lives are and how they can be somewhat similar to ours and somewhat very different from ours and seeing all these actors in their earlier roles was really cool like I didn't even know Lawrence Fishburne was in this oh yeah like furious this this may have been just after but he used to be larry fishburn and like his credits like in nightmare on elm street he was larry fishburn yeah this movie was just it was nice it was i don't want to say feel good movie but like kind of a coming of age film where you're seeing cuba gooding jr's character just he's kind of the straight one out of all of these kind of rough and tough friends that he has. You see more than just, oh, it's a ghetto kind of thing. Like when people say ghetto to me, like the stereotypical things pop into my head, but this like went under the surface and had like good characters, good emotion. But okay. Initial thought sounds like you are very positive on this film, which, uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. John, Johnny boy, mainstream me. boy, boys this in the hood. Me. What'd boys you think? Hood, bro. You got Snow some dogs. mainstream actors in here, maybe before their time, but yeah, you got Cuba Gooding Jr., who, like like Nate said, it doesn't seem like he, like, you just don't expect him in a movie like this. I guess at the beginning, before I watched this, I thought it was going to be, like, a comedy because Ice Cube's in it and whatnot, you know, and Cuba Gooding Jr., um, but it ends up being, like, a really, like, ahead-of-its-time dark kind of look into, like, uh, police brutality and black-on-black violence and whatnot. Um, which is something that's yeah, kind of overlooked. Violence, yeah. yeah, just like black people killing each other um, in these underbelly neighborhoods and in uh, in Los Angeles and stuff. I thought Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne was really good in the movie. the uh, The relationship between him and Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie because I think this movie does a really good job at showing the kind of different levels that people can really get like absorbed into the hood, sort of where. They have Cuba Gooding Jr. who's kind of in the middle ground. Like his dad is just like 
really good at, at raising him and disciplining him and stuff and doing the right things and making sure his son kind of stays out of trouble. And then you have Ice Cube's character, who's just like pretty much going into the dark depths, the underbelly. And then, Doughboy. yeah, Doughboy. <laughs> and then the other, it's something Chestnut. What's his name again? Ricky. His name? Uh, yeah. Ricky. Ricky Baker. He was the quarterback. Ricky. Yeah, yeah, Ricky yeah, yeah. And he's this like almost gonna get out of the hood, you know. He's like the the star student kind of. I mean, he does good on his SATs and stuff, and the the good athlete. So it really just shows every level of kind of what can happen to people in this uh, situation growing up. I think the film painted a really realistic picture with some really good performances and good relationships, and even did make kind of a Stand by Me reference a little bit when they hmm. go and see the Ted, the, the dead body. So it, it's very much a coming oh, of yeah. age film as well, you know. It 100% is, yeah, it's a definitely a coming-of-age film. I gotta say, though, I, I really liked how the first act of the movie was them as children. Uh, and, like, it didn't they go were that long, though, seen, did it? It was you know, mainly long just enough. the first act. It was like the first 30 yeah. minutes or so. And then you kind of see how their characters change within seven years, uh, who kind of fell into, uh, like, who went down what road, as in, like, yeah, Doughboy, Do kind of like, he was drawn towards like the, the crime and the violence uh ricky baker i mean he still like kind of balanced between not knowing what to do but he fell down the uh path of having a kid and so yeah he's like a high school kid with a child himself trying to you know go play college uh, football and whatnot uh and then yeah Cooper Gooden jr and him trying to get good grades so he could go off to college and do well for himself because he has really caring parents and all that stuff so it's really interesting to see all of the characters fleshed out and i think they did a really good job crafting uh the characters and building the world around them uh that's what i really liked about this movie uh in particular and i think john singleton for his feature debut like you would not know that it was a first time You're filmmaker amazing. he is yeah. it's just oh absolutely it, it makes complete 24. sense of why he was nominated for an oscar for best director youngest of like ever of that time and uh nominated for best screenplay because it's it's uh he's got a lot of say, he's got a lot to say in this movie like he's got a strong message that he's trying to say again it's just very ahead of its time out this came out four years before any of us were born i mean it's it it really has it even shows like the black cop which who's treating these guys like shit kind uh. of like yeah, there's, was there's so, a couple that scenes so with that. Weird. I'm just yeah. like, dude, is this real? Like, we wouldn't know, but I, I'm I'm sure that, and uh, I'm sure that that happens. And also, like, they show up an hour late to like a, a legitimate break in and shooting in the black neighborhood because like no one cares. It's it's just like mm -hmm. it's crazy the uh, the level of this movie does go to to show kind of the reality of what what happens in these neighborhoods. But yeah, very well acted as well. Great uh, the supporting cast. I'd say like one of my kind of gripes with the movie is I did think it was a bit predictable i don't know how you guys felt but like i could see ending, yes all of the foreshadowing yeah. stuff happen and be like okay so like basically what happens with like their friend i just knew it was mm -hmm. gonna happen i was waiting for that moment um and yeah i mean you could kind of see what what was gonna happen and it does also have that standby me moment at the end when it just cuts mm -hmm. to um uh text on what happens to the characters um mm -hmm. and so that was kind of interesting mm -hmm. as well but i still think this is a very very great movie but before i give my uh grade on boys in the hood uh nate what would you what would you give this movie this was one of my favorite movies we've watched for this podcast um wow because the something. third act was one of the most tense third acts i've ever felt like um 
like if, I know Spencer have well, you've seen Remember the Titans, right? Yes, we all seen. I've that? now seen okay. Remember the Titans at this yep. point. Yeah, 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 yeah. That final <laughs> act of the game. Oh sure. How tense it was, like building up, and if you had never seen the movie, it would be hard to tell what was going to happen. But in this one, it sure you could kind of see it coming a little bit. But this is one of those movies that I think was really famous for that, and just having all that tension build up and the whole moment with Cuba Gooding Jr. where he's face to face with his dad and his dad's giving him that ultimatum like what kind of path are you gonna go down um oh yeah definitely and he like hugs him and whatnot that scene I was like holy cow that was emotion just raw emotion so this movie's getting a four and a half out of five okay it's it's awesome it had everything that i like in a coming of age type movie with these what are supposed to be teenagers growing up in this time in a place that i think is very unfamiliar to us so it's it's cool seeing things from a different perspective for sure and seeing how families uh deal with it all right it's four and a half out of five pretty good praise from nate for the boys in the hood all right very nice and it it, like you said i mean it's 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 very much polar opposite of what three white kids from from maine like in in nate's case (laughs) living in in kind of a more of a rural area with a small school and stuff um and Mm -hmm. ours i mean we had maybe a hundred kids in our class so it's it's a little bit different but (laughs) 33 yeah so that's (laughs) but yeah i i think uh they did a really really incredible job just building these characters the relationships between uh like ice cube cuba gunning jr um and then also obviously lawrence fishburne like that he was just so good that father-son relationship was was so strong and the connection between them was great i think the movie just just has some really good messages and it, and it shows the reality of kind of what goes down in these areas i was surprised and like again i really thought it was gonna be like a comedy or something so um i i really appreciated this film i give it a four out of five it was a all right very mm. solid solid movie so very very solid you be getting junior snow dogs yeah, uh, I'm very happy to have uh, have seen this finally. Uh, in fact, I'm referencing this book again, the book of movies, the essential thousand films to see. It's on the back cover of twelve. Oh, films. how about that? It is one of the posters in between right High there. Noon. It's a Full Metal and... Jacket. Essential Sunshine of the Mind. Yeah. So that was really funny. The week that we were watching this movie, and it's on the back cover of this book. Uh, so happy to cross that one off the list. Um, Because I thought this one just has phenomenal acting, writing, and directing, and it just feels very passionate from John Singleton, just because of how much soul he put into this movie, and just adapting things that happened in his whole um, his home life and uh, growing up, Um, and the fact that he was literally like he was 23 years old when he made this movie. He has a little cameo where he's playing uh, the mailman. He just shows up kind of during a chaotic scene, hands the mail, and then leaves. I think it's the test scores for the SAT for Ricky Baker. Um, and so that's, yeah. and so I was, I kind of, I was, I saw that in the IMDb before I watched the movie. So I was waiting for it to see like what he kind of like looked like at the time. He's just this like scrawny little kid, just kind of like <laughs> delivering the mail. I'm like, Jesus. And it's like, goes on to have a great career, but, um, I think he just passed away this year. So, I mean, rest in peace. Aww. Uh, he's a, he's a great storyteller. So I'm going to give this movie wow. a four out of five. This is just a great film. And if it has a 4k release, which I believe it does, I will probably pick this one up because i could see myself rewatching this because it's uh, got one of those like good messages to see especially if you're kind of like i don't know like like young teenager or something uh it's a good movie to check out um and yeah like you said lawrence fishburne i'm surprised he didn't get a supporting uh, actor nomination 
because yeah. he was great. Yeah, yeah he was phenomenal. Movie. I think the better part of the film was him for sure. And, yeah, um, do you do... want me to continue to choose the movies? I, th- no, I think we no, no, might no, as well. No, no, no. no. Oh. But um, you can check out Boys in the Hood on, uh, it says Netflix <laughs> and or Amazon <laughs> Prime on 4K streaming. So uh, it's pretty accessible. So check it out if you haven't seen it. It is highly worth it because we all love it. I'll try and sell you on it. It's like Friday and Stand By Me just kind of came together and made a little movie. Had the quirkiness and fun, and then it had a fading away person walking away. So my pick this week was A Sweet Hereafter, a 1997 film directed by Adam Eguyan. It's nominated for two Oscars, I believe. Uh, Best Director and Best Writing, both by Adam Eguyan. But yeah, it's it's about a bus crash in a small town that brings uh, a lawyer to the town to defend the families, but he discovers that everything is not what it seems. Not a very big description there, but yeah, basically, you know, it's a very small mountain town. It's, it takes place in like a, you know, the winter, so it's just already a dark and dreary time of year, and a bunch of children die. So uh, really a, a somber tale, not, not a, much of a smile to be had, but... Uh, I don't know why. I was just kind of drawn to the story. I'm like, wow, that could be really interesting, really powerful. And uh, I think it was. So I will go ahead and let Nate give his initial thoughts on the suite hereafter. I was just really bored. This one just wasn't for me. I thought Ian Holm was an odd choice to, to, to lead the film. Nothing against his, what he's done, but he's adorable. He didn't fit for me. He wasn't, I don't know, a character like that who's like trying to figure out what's going on and solve this case or whatnot. I need someone that's like more intimidating, more believable. And I didn't think he was very believable. And it just, there was a lot of buildup to nothing. And then after the more, and I had to understand this movie more after I read about it, after watching it. And so I kind of get what the director was trying to go for and how he was trying to tell it, but it just didn't have enough meat on the bone to keep me interested. I just felt like it was, it wasn't a three act movie. It felt just like a long act too. Sure. I feel, I understand really have a payoff kind of thing. If, if that makes sense. I genuinely do understand where I, you're coming yeah, from. Completely um, get it. But yeah, let's hear what Spencer has to say. Yes. Um, I will completely i don't know if you you haven't said this but i thought that this movie was hard to get through but for me Mm -hmm. it wasn't because i was bored or wasn't because i thought the movie was like wasn't well made i thought it was actually really well crafted Mm -hmm. um it's just it's one of those movies or stories i should say that is just so depressing and it sucks so much soul out of you because it is i mean it's 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 Dealing with the subject, I mean, you, this town loses, like, its entire, like, population of kids. Like, all these parents, are they mm-hmm. lost their kids. It's a devastating situation. And then you're seeing this lawyer come in and try to get, like, money uh, and whatnot. And it's turns into, like, if they're going to be, like, if, if it's greed, if the people are going to lie. And there's also this, like, weird, like, molestation thing going on with, like, a father and daughter that just is thrown in there. It's like... Oh, my God. It that, was, that was uncomfortable. I'm glad you brought that but up. But that's the, because... it's the thing. It's, like, it was so weird. And, like, I was like, where is this movie going? But what I, I do got to say, I do get what he's going for. Like, like Nate said, like, I had to kind of look it up a little bit to see what he was trying to really go for. And it's, like man (laughs) it's it's really depressing he was adapting a novel from russell banks that is very depressing and uh, the author even said that this movie is an improvement of his book 
Um, so I guess they did a good job. Um, but this movie is just, it's just to show the layers of humanity and it wants to explore grief and how it affects people. I like the nonlinear storytelling of cutting back and forth with like the story and like the time is uh the time period it's very like seamless kind of jumping back and forth between like 1995 and 1997 um but it's just like one of those movies it's just the story is so sad <laughs> it's just hard to mm-hmm. sit yeah. through it's a movie i never like thank god i didn't buy, uh, blind by the criterion and watch the blu-ray uh. and then be like i have to own this and possibly rewatch it because i don't think i could rewatch it I would hope that this isn't a movie like you go into the store, you read the description on the back of the case, and you're just like, yeah, I want to sit through that right now. Let's do it. Well, we all did it. It's just, uh, it, we're guilty. I've this done is kind of like times with Criterion. <laughs> yeah, it's a risk well, that we're all willing to take because we like movies. No, but... for sure. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those movies reminds me of like uh like say this was did I say this number for best picture? It was best director, best writing, but yeah. it's one of those movies comes around like Oscar season. You watch it once, you're like. All right, I get it. I don't need to watch it again. I do think that the overall story, like it is really dark and depressing, but like if you're a if you were a parent or if like you ever want to be a parent, this definitely puts you in a mindset where like you just feel so incredibly helpless cuz you got to put your kids on the bus. You got to send them to school. I mean, it's weird if you drive your kids to school, then you're the weird kid who always has their parents bring them to school or whatever. Um, I remember the first time I went on the bus, I fucking screamed, and my mom drove me to school the same day. She, I literally, like, I remember getting on the... I, she always tells this fucking story where I'm getting on the bus, and then I'm terrified, I'm screaming, and then I think Connor Dietrich was there, and he was like, it's okay, come on. And then I screamed, and then the bus driver said, just take him. <laughs> so I, I get it. I understand the... Uh, how the bus can be scary but that has nothing to do with the movie i just wanted to say that my my experience with my first bus ride was a little different <laughs> I, I ended got up on in the a bus. frozen lake no i got no i got on the bus with my brothers and they had to get off and get a different bus so i was on the bus by myself and my mom followed the bus to the school and she said i got off the bus and i had these cr- she calls them crocodile tears just all the way down my face but like i never said a word (laughs) i never yelled i never freaked out but i just cried and just went into the room and never said a word (laughs) and then she said yeah and then you came home that day and you said you loved school and you wanted to go back (laughs) yo that's exactly what when i came back i came off the bus with a smile on my face and i was so happy and she was just like (laughs) devastated all days how could i put him on the bus let me actually say my thoughts. Sorry, I, I yeah. didn't even say anything. Um, <laughs> I I did like Spencer said the the nonlinear editing. I kind of liked how they cut back and forth, and they supplement the fact that like maybe this lawyer is greedy with the fact that he's kind of losing his daughter too. She's going through drug addiction and various other things throughout her life, and you you cut back to him on the plane with like a childhood friend or something, and he's kind of just like unraveling his past and whatnot. Um, so you kind of do have some sympathy for him in that regard, but. I think just just watching each of these families deal with grief in a different way, the ones who had the adopted, the Native American son, like that was probably the saddest um, relationship that I saw where they were just so devastated. I think the film really does a good job in showing the just the tragedy that these people went through. So I actually really liked Sir Ian Holmes performance. Um, I I get that maybe he didn't like fit that like intimidation factor that you were looking for with, with this character but i thought his performance was really grounded and and uh 
genuine. It's, uh, the uh, the little relationship he had with his daughter on the phone. Anytime he's in that phone conversation, just you could see it, like his soul leave his face, just like in his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's just like he's very sad, and he's telling the story of like possibly having to cut into his daughter's throat to save her life. Like when he's on that plane, mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, monologue yeah. scene it was like holy shit! Like that was so intense and powerful, and it was like kind of like it was uh, a lot of one, like kind of um, uh, one take kind of. It went on for a little while on his performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I actually really liked Sir Ian Holmes' performance in this role, uh, and I I one of my favorite aspects of the movie to be honest. Yeah, it it did a great job at with grief and all the different ways that families can be affected. Like, you have the autos that were genuinely destroyed yeah. from this event. You have the corrupt guy who's having an affair kind of thing, and you see how that affects families. And But he um, loves his children, too. Like yes. That was, like, the one thing. It was, like, he loves his kids, and then he has to witness the event of all people, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you have the the great performance by the girl. I forget what her name Sarah is. Polly. She's the blonde girl. Yes, she was in the Dawn of the Dead remake in two thousand four. Yep. Um, Writer director. She, she was so smart. She was so smart, and you see, like, you see through her eyes what her parents are trying to do, and how like they don't have a lot of money, so this situation is good for them. Like, if they come out on top, they will be okay. But instead, the daughter outsmarts them and goes, mm, no, I, I, I understand what I have to do. Whether it's the right thing, the wrong thing, she she was one of the driving factors that made this movie watchable for me. Because it's nice seeing someone at that age be able to to stand up to some of these performances. Because you had, like, what, Bruce Greenwood and Ian Holm, of course, so... It, it that was kind of a redeeming factor i would say yeah i think the the part that um i didn't quite understand was why she did what she did at the ending um Beca- because, because like is yeah. that the truth what she told no that's not the truth so why is she incriminating dolores because she knows what her parents are trying to no, do no, no. um She's not trying to incriminate Dolores. But she did uh, in that regard. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, she, she kind of she kind of diminished her name a little bit, but it, it, to me, the 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 case was about a malfunction in the bus parts, as in like some yes. like a bolt or something didn't like hold or I forget what exactly the detail was, but something in yeah. the parts of the bus wasn't intact. So that's what they were trying to get a lot of money from, from like probably the bus company or like the, whatever, but. She, I think, yeah, she saw the pyramid, pyramid scheme of, like, what was going on. And then that's why she made it seem like, oh, it was just an accident. She was speeding and slipped on ice, and then she hit the brakes. And there was no bus malfunction. That way, they lost their case, lost all that money. That's – wasn't that – Yeah. That, I mean, I, I get – I just yeah. thought by saying she's going 75 that, okay, she was definitely, like, well, well, that's the thing, legitimately speeding. The, so. In the end of the movie, uh, the Ian Holmes character is – sorry, Sir Ian Holmes character is uh, in, like, the <laughs> – uh, Carter and he sees Dolores driving a bus in some uh, random city. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. she didn't lose her job, really. She just kind of had to move to a different spot. Did that not well, remind you of the scene with Catwoman and Christian Bale and like 
Michael Caine, where it's like five years later, and it's like, is this happening or is this not happening? Because that kind of reminded me of it did not remind of me of that, that scene. but I could, I guess, I could see why. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sure, but that's what I thought of. I'm like, okay. whoa, this is like a revelation right now. The end of every movie just reminds me of The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, everything. Yeah, every movie. I think it it was nice because the daughter was starting to see what these people were gonna do for this money, kind of thing, and how people were kind of forgetting that children were lost. They were more worried about this lawsuit coming to town than grieving and healing the wounds that they now have for the rest of their lives. And I will give the movie credit for that because as far as emotion, it was filled with it. Oh yeah. It was, you could feel it in the like atmosphere of the movie. It just wasn't enough for me to feel so engaged. Like it was a nice watch just sit back and see how people handled this thing. But there wasn't enough story for me. It was like they talked about what happened, but you don't really see it. You just see what happens from it. And it's if it had more of that, like actually seeing what happened kind of thing, then yeah. But it just didn't have enough. Spencer, you mentioned that this was an improvement according to the the author of the book. No, no, no. The like author he... thought that the movie was an improvement over his own novel. See, that's what surprises me, because like, the fact that the story seems like it's missing something in the third act makes me think that it just didn't adapt well. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Um, but instead, it. I guess the author thinks otherwise. But yeah, I do, I do kind of agree with you in the fact that I, I think the movie does show tragedy very well, and just it, it's kind of just trying to show, like after a horrible event like this, like your life is just completely changed. And I think that they're mm-hmm. able to show that on the faces of all these different individuals very well, including the lawyer. I mean, he, he was not a greedy asshole. Like he was genuinely just trying to do the right thing, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it just seemed goofy. <laughs> I guess if you'd like of him as Bilbo Baggins, <laughs> then yeah, you're going <laughs> to, Oh my God. Like where way, he, but... he, he felt like a lawyer that these, parents will have like a big conversation he pops his head in like oh hey i'm still here okay continue let let me just go get my it also doesn't help that we just watched time bandits where he played napoleon (laughs) so it's like you're kind of just accustomed to a very comedic (laughs) performance from him uh, that he's trying to be a very he's hiding behind that sign i still thought he did a great job performance wise but wait nate what did you give it um it i don't see myself ever going back to it maybe as I grow older, I may appreciate the themes more, maybe. Um, but I'm going to have to go pretty low with this one, so I'm giving it a two and a half out of five. That's not bad. It, it was just, it was lacking that punch sure. that a movie like this needs. Um, but it had good performances, and it definitely, as far as a drama goes, has the emotion. Just, like I said at the beginning, not enough meat just needed something okay um i'm not too far away from you uh i do think that i liked and appreciated the movie maybe just a little bit more uh because i mean you go to movies and you typically get a sense of like escapism and like you want to see like story like action sci-fi whatever this is a movie just about a very tragic event it's a human story it's about humanity it's about grief it's not a movie to be entertained by. It's just a, a story to just observe, be a fly on the wall on. And if that is like kind of your cup of tea, you'll maybe uh, like it. Um, but I do think it is a good movie. I think it's well-crafted. I like the nonlinear storytelling, and it has some good performances. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. 
I think it's a good movie. Respectable grades. I, I do definitely see your gripes with the film, especially Nate. Um, I guess for me, I just think the movie just created such a distinct amount of emotion between the characters. Um, and it, it, it kind of did hold back. Like, you kind of knew what happened, but until you see that scene with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bruce Greenwood from National Treasure Book, Book of Secrets, by the way, um, playing the dad and just kind of just watching this event happen. And it's... <laughs> It's Gerald's game. Horrifying, dude. Like I couldn't I could not fucking imagine going from just saying bye to your kids and all of a sudden they're just saying bye to his kids. Yeah, legitimately saying bye to your kids. It's like, God, dude. And like and I think fourth. the way this movie breaks it down, you see what these characters are already going through emotionally as human beings. Um, whereas his marriage is falling apart or whatever, and then he gets or he comes back from watching that happen. It's just so sad and depressing and Sometimes that's just that's just a movie you need to see. I think on a rainy day, this maybe you watch this once and then hopefully you'd, uh, watch something more happy. But I think it's How done can really you always well. Always complain when I pick the sad movies because they're foreign. Um, but yeah, okay, I, well, good yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get into that. But I I think it's just such it it was a really really well done film with uh, good characters and it definitely uh, tells a solid story. So I give it four four out of five. I. I liked it, uh, regardless mm. of the subject matter. Did we watch the same film? We did. We've had we've oh. disagreed a little bit over the past couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, I thought it was a good movie. Okay, well, this week or after, it's on the Criterion Channel. So if you are I like one the of those movie. rare people that have a subscription to the Criterion Channel, uh, you can check it out there. Otherwise, you can rent it for a dollar ninety nine. Well, my movie now, bitches. Oh boy, Ooh. this is where you guys can, yeah. can find another podcast if you want. My film, from acclaimed director Bong Joon-ho, Mother. One of his earlier films, as I recall. This is, what, 2009? Um, And it's about a mother who desperately searches for the killer who framed her son for the horrific murder of a young girl. Bong Joon-ho is becoming one of those directors that's just made such a name for himself. And I feel that 90% of the movies I've watched of his I've enjoyed. Like, The Host was good. I still need to watch Snowpiercer. Um, oh, yeah. Parasite's amazing, and the movie that you oh, missed out wow. on because you watched a man called Ove instead of Memories of Murder. Memories of a Murder, yeah. I know, and that's that's on a bunch of lists of like thrillers that's good. and they whatnot just the that 4K you need to see. But I went into this one just when you go into a movie that has an acclaimed director, I feel like there's that stereotype that you think you're gonna love it. Like that always crosses my mind. Like whenever I watch a Kubrick movie or. Um, like a Francois Truffaut movie, I go into it knowing that I might, I'll probably like it, and it sucks when you get disappointed. Oh, um, but I was a little dis, I was a little oh. disappointed. Um, oh, okay, but I, I want to see what you guys think about it because it was one of those ones I had to read about it afterwards and kind of understand, and I can I can see what Bong Joon Ho was going for, which is kind of unconventional for a lot of movies that we're used to. Um, that has to do with good and bad, but I'll let John start out with this one. I think the movie, it's a foreign film, Bong Joon Ho. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a name that I recognize now, and uh, I know that he's a very acclaimed filmmaker. So I, I gave this movie everything I could. I think the first act or so, I was actually legitimately a little bit bored. Like it took me a little while to get into it. But when the film sort of gets into like the investigation aspects, where his his mom, the mother, is just trying to seek the truth and and 
see what happened with this girl and uh, the past with her when she meets the the collector guy like the homeless guy like those scenes were like insanely tension filled and stuff and it even kind of has like some psycho or base motel elements where he's not completely embodying his mother like norman bates is but like she's very much protecting him at all costs you know and i think that those parts of the film were, were really really cool and uh and crazy and the film throws a lot of twists your way too that I didn't expect either. So especially toward the end of the film, but this one actually kind of surprised me. Like I, I actually liked it a lot more than I than I really expected going in. Okay, um, I definitely share Nate's anticipation of like, you you go into this movie. I knew it was Bon Juno. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get something unconventional, something a little different. It's gonna be his movie. And usually with his movies, you typically get a pretty strong message. Because he's always trying to like convey something with his movies, with parasites like social class, with like Oksha. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but it's about the food and meat industry. Uh, mm-hmm. Snowpiercer, another movie kind of about class systems with the train. Um, so I mean, he always is trying to tell a message. This movie is less so about that, and it's more of kind of a character study of this mother. I mean, the movie is literally titled Mother. Uh, it's about the length that this person will go to to protect her son just by the unconditional love she has for this kid despite how just like mentally challenged he is how like dark and disturbed he is uh just how you know insane he is but like just like that motherly like connection is just like it's so strong and i thought that her performance was just amazing and is the reason why i was so captivated with this movie um because she sucked me right in i mean just to see her go to these lengths to figure out who the killer is. I mean, uh, she snuck into that guy's uh, apartment and was like looking for like the golf club. Uh, she was just very like intuitive of like, I'm going to figure out what's going on because the dots are not connecting with like what's going on. So I was just very Mm -hmm. interested and I thought Bon Joon-ho with all of his movies, they, they fly by for me. Uh, and I just am always very interested to see what's going to happen next because he always does like to throw in the twists and turns. Um, so I, I really thought this movie was solid. I, yeah, I would agree that it is very solid and it wasn't until I, after I read about it that I kind of appreciated it a little bit more and I might've been a little hard on it at first, but I'm trying to kind of go with my gut more and just stick behind the gut reaction. Do you remember what you read? Um, because that changed your mind a little bit. I do, because there's a phrase that I want to say, but if I say it, it could kind of hint at spoilers. Um, But I'll try and say it the best way I can. This movie did a really good job at showing how people can be blinded by love. Okay. The love that she had for her son. Oh, yes. And the the lengths that she was willing to go, but was it worth it? Uh Uh-huh. That's that's all I'll say. I know like, exactly what you're talking about. Okay, that makes sense. All of these all of these things that she's doing, and people have been in this situation. Like you were, you will. No matter what happened, a parent's gonna fight for their kid, and even if they do good things, even if they do terrible things, and this movie makes you question, who are we rooting for? Uh, yes. Are we really supposed to be rooting for this mother? And it makes you question this relationship. And throughout the movie, you slowly get these, not Easter eggs, but just little tips of information that kind of make you go, 
wait, what? And I did a lot of questioning throughout this movie. Like, there was a scene where she's vomiting in her house. And then she gets up and she walks into, I think, her son's room. She thinks she sees him, but it's some, it's like her son's friend. And she, he's like, oh, give me this money and I'll help you kind of thing. And I'm sitting there going, was that like a dream or something? Because why was he in their house? Just randomly playing like computer games. Do you remember mm. that at all? Kind of. I watched this. I, first, I remember the scene where she's watching this other kid have sex with this girl for like the entire yeah, period I that of time. Um, like that must yeah. have had but some. No, it was, and then yeah, I remember she. I remember. I, I just remember she handed him the the stack of money. Then he goes and like beats the shit out of two people on a carousel. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I remember that scene. It, was yeah. it must have been right yeah. before that. It was though. just odd. Yeah, because she because she went out to meet with this lawyer who was, like, really drunk and, like, didn't even care about the case. Yeah, sure. And now thinking about that, seeing how the lawyer reacted, it makes me think, oh, was this whole thing, like, worthless, like, pointless? Um, yeah. But the the mother, her performance was so solid. Just her emotion, and you could tell something was off between the mother and son. That something was wrong. Like, no mother stares that intently at her son while he's peeing. <laughs> sure, and, like, yeah, yeah. looking down at it. That was, weird. That was fucking like, weird, so weird, dude. Just in the middle I'm, of the street. In public, too. Yeah, yeah, I gave it the benefit of the doubt. I was like, eh, it's another country. They may be more accustomed to doing something like this. So I kind of looked past it. But then, once you see everything play out, you kind of realize... Oh, that's kind of a red flag. Like, there's red <laughs> flags <laughs> that Bong Joon-ho gives you. Like... But he convinces you so so well of the intentions of these people and then just flips it on his head. And thinking about it like that makes me appreciate the it a little bit more. The scene that so. absolutely like <laughs> drove it home for me uh, was... This is... I mean, this is kind of a spoiler. So, I mean, if you haven't seen it, uh, skip maybe like a minute or so into the podcast... But it's the scene when she goes and, and, and faces the guy that's going to uh, face the charges. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was just a guy that is, you know, falsely blamed. And just she just screams in agony and, like, cries because she knows that, like, this guy is just – he has no he has no parents. He's just an orphan. And he's just going to – he doesn't mm-hmm. understand what's going on, I guess. And he's just going to, you know, live in jail for the rest yeah. of his life. And she's yeah. to blame. It was just such a powerful moment. I was like, oh, my God. And her performance in particular just sold it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's probably, like, the most grounded Bon Joon-ho film we've seen. Uh, I mean, maybe Memories of Murder. I know John has seen that one as well. Um, the Detective I think I did watch case. that, but uh, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I think it went over my head a little bit. It was sure. back in the early days of the podcast. So. But uh, I think I just need to check out one more of his film. Uh, and then I think I've seen all of his films. But... If there's ever like a box set Criterion edition that comes out of his all of his films, I'm 100% going to get it because he's up there as one of the best filmmakers, and I'm very happy that he's finally won the, or he has like four Oscars or three Oscars to his name or something mm-hmm. for Parasite, which is a great film that John yeah. you finally need to see. Um, but yeah, no. I know it was recommended after this one ended actually on Hulu. So oh really? We'll, we'll see. No, no surprise, but yeah, yeah th- it was like Parasite will be playing in two minutes. Remember the host? <laughs> we, we all watched the kind of the beginning of quarantine. Yeah, yeah, that was Didn't mind that. a couple years before Mother. He made that after. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm just gonna grade it. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. 
Uh, I could see my grade going up. This is a movie that I could see myself rewatching at some point, um, mainly to see, uh, now that I know the story, to kind of see where I could find the twists and turns earlier on. I think that'd be kind of fun. And then I'd love to revisit all of Bon John uh, Hu's films and see it with a different perspective and different eye again, because he's just he has a, such a fascinating style, and he's a really interesting filmmaker to watch for. So four out of five, mother cool film cool Ooh. all right johnny boy let's see it yeah. mainstream so this one kind of surprised me i think that just from from start to finish bong joon ho just does create this sense of uneasiness the atmosphere is just kind of grimy and weird and all these people that are around uh yoon do joon which the the son um they mm-hmm. already like they're making fun of him from the beginning like oh you sleep with your mom that's fucking weird like so you're you're just you're uncomfortable from the beginning and then when they start kind of revealing like the stuff that happened when he was a kid like when that scene that takes place in uh in prison where she just screams I actually had to rewind that one because I was like whoa why the fuck did that just happen like why did she react in that way um do you guys know what scene I'm talking about or mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um I just think they they build this this sense of uneasiness and and this just messed up relationship between these two characters uh really well and the way that they slowly reveal kind of the truth behind what actually happened um where they they pick and choose shots um from different perspectives and i thought that that was really well edited and and directed as well so um he's just a really good director and i need to see more of his work and, and to really fully appreciate um what he can bring to filmmaking so I, I give this a three and a half out of five. I actually was surprisingly liked it. I do think the film dragged a little bit in the beginning, but it redeemed itself uh, toward the end. So, yee. Okay. Three and a half. Okay. Wow. This was my film, so I guess I, I guess I should end it. Um, but I'm I'll start off with the grade. I I gave it a three and a half out of five as well. But after reading about it. I think it's warranting a rewatch because knowing what I know and being able to watch it now with this different perspective on what to expect, I can see some of the things now, like the women that are like cussing at her, like, Oh my God, how are you trying to defend this guy? Like you can see all these little things from people from the outside who have that different perspective. So Maybe a rewatch might knock it up a grade or two, just because I've, I, when I watched it and went through it, I was confused until I saw Bong Joon-ho's motives for these characters, and I was like, oh, and understanding what their true intentions were. So I, I definitely see myself rewatching it again, and hopefully it'll be up in the fours, four and a half. Maybe a five. Who knows? Well, mm. that'd be a Jurassic Park well, mystery. mystery. Mm. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, Mother, two thousand nine, not the Jennifer Lawrence, Darren Aronofsky film that came out a couple of years ago. And this is the Bon Joon Ho film, Mother, two thousand nine, that is on Hulu. So uh, check it out. It is, I think, worth it. It's it, you know, it's, it's an interesting film, nevertheless. What is nevertheless like? I know what it means as far as like speaking terms. But yeah, like, I don't know. It's one of those like phrases that you just don't question. Just you just like, fucking say just, it. Yeah. Don't quite. It's right. like it's a government conspiracy, man. You just say it, it and you be. shut your mouth and never quite make. I never ask questions. Wow. All right. Well. Okay. Nevertheless. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the only reason I brought it up, so I could do it. Well, yeah, you can check out all of those movies on streaming sites if you have them. I'm sure you do. It's quarantine. Where else are you going to watch your content? Uh, so check them out because they're all worth it. And uh, speaking of more streaming content that we can all check out, uh, we have some new films that we're going to put into our Instagram stories at those movie dudes. That's what we do it every single weekend. And you guys can vote on which movies that we talk about for next week. So we all have our picks ready to go. So, John. Yes. What are we watching for you next week? You sick son of a bitch. Well, Spencer, um, we are going to go to some very early 2000s films uh, with some A-list actresses that we we all know and love the first of which is aaron brockovich with julia roberts and uh which is by steven soderbergh who did side effects spencer sex lies and videotape spent 25 dollars on side effects watched it once never watched it again um and 2001's ghost world with scarlett johansson so that should be a good old time and Steve Buscemi. Mm, and Steve Buscemi. Um, I don't know. Ghost World is on something or other, and Aaron Brockovich is on something else. Oh, okay, thank you. So my films this week, um, two movies that I have heard a lot about. They're in the list. They're in the big, uh, the big book. So I figure, you know what, might as well check them out at some point. And I think they're both on streaming sites. How green was my HBO valley. Max in particular. Not how green. Green room. Was my valley. Nope. Green room. Nope. Nope. One is a biopic. Uh, it's one that I believe we've put up in the poll before, and it is Lost. Radio? No, but Malcolm it, it starts with an R. It is Ray. Jamie Foxx won the Oscar for this. Ray I heard I it's a great one. film. We just uh, hadn't got a chance to watch it. Instead, we watched Dune that week. Um, so Ray is going to get Ray. another shot in the uh, Instagram <laughs> polls, so if, uh, vote for that one if you want to hear us talk about it. Or it's going to go up against a criterion that I haven't seen it is Wings of Desire. It's a Wim Wenders movie. Seen that? Oh, you have. Okay, no, you no, haven't. You haven't. Um, so, be curious to see no. if that one. I will call you on that. No, that you one haven't. wins. <laughs> I heard it's about an angel. So, um, be curious to check that one out if it wins the poll. It's kind of a niche film, but uh, Ray and Wings of Desire, two kind of polar opposite films. But we'll see which one gets voted on. Awesome. Speaking I'm of uh, angels, what do you guys have on top of your Christmas tree this year? Right now, nothing. A star. You don't have a topper for I it, or do you have no. a Christmas tree at all? I have a Christmas tree. Oh, I have a bow. I have a star. I have a star. And uh, Nate, uh, what movies have we watched for you this week? Uh, we already talked about the one I oh, watched. Oh, we did. We watched. Oh, Mother. I forget. Okay, oh, yeah. So we, next, we uh, Mainstream Mother. Boy comes out on Monday. No, 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 no okay. You know what? I'll even I'll even say my movies as long okay. as it prolongs yeah, usually like the Mainstream Boy talk. Um, so. My films this week are one that I think is lost in the poll, but it's not streaming, unfortunately, but I have seen other ways of getting it. Uh, it's a 2020 film called Swallow. It's on Hulu. With Haley... Haley oh, yep. is it? It's on With Hulu. Haley Bennett? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing that because I've heard it's a real psychological type horror flick, but not super scary. But that is pick number one. And the second one, and I'm going to say this to you two, not specifically for the audience, because I don't expect them to listen, in a way that they have their right to go look at and learn about these movies before they watch them. But if this one wins, I don't want you guys to look anything up about it, because it, you could be spoiled. Okay. Fair. All right. 
It's, I do have to go to the IMDb to get the poster, but I won't look. I won't. I'll try to avoid my eyes on looking at the plot. You can type it in on Google. Just go to Google Images, what and the, the poster will. Pop I do it up on my phone, but I. I, from I, will, IMDb. I will. I will spend extra precautions. I'll send you the poster and, to your text to your iMessage. You know. And when I say the name of it, you you may already know the spoiler. Like I know the spoiler already, but um, it's a movie that I still want to see. Um, from 1973, it's called Soylent Green. A lot of green being What is it called? Starring Soylent Green. Starring Charlton Heston. Um, Sounds dirty. Chuck Connors. He played uh, the Rifleman. Yeah, but this is from the early 70s. And it's got Hmm. a twist ending. It's one of the the more well-known ones in the horror. Horror? uh, Oh, okay. Ooh. Well, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not necessarily horror, but... I'd like to consider a lot of twist endings to be kind of horrific, especially in certain now I feel like ways, I'm and this one much, can be. But, but okay, I'm looking forward to. But just yeah, just 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 you guys want to have a Soil say on what movies we talk about valley. next week, you can go into our polls <laughs> at those movie dudes on Instagram. The Odd Life of Timothy Green. What? Well, if you guys don't know already, we do have another show called Mainstream Boy. And it comes out every Monday except the last two weeks because I got COVID and then I got lazy. So we have Mainstream Boy and we're going to be watching The Prom on Netflix made by uh, Ryan Murphy who did... You know, Glee, which I was a big fan of back in the day. And he also did American Horror Story. So check that out. It's got the Streep in there, 13 time Oscar nominee or whatever the fuck. And then Wolf Walkers on Apple TV Plus, which is an animated movie. So that should be a fucking good old time. Spencer, looking forward to that? Yes, you are. Uh, Mainstream uh, Boy, Mondays. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch Wolf Walkers. I, I think it's going to get nominated for Best Animated Film. It's if you don't like watch the prom, around tomatoes, So I'm looking forward to that one, Wolf Walkers, on Apple TV or Apple TV Plus, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, the prom, we'll see if I get around to that, John. Mainstream Boy, on Monday. I don't know if I'm going to watch a musical starring Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep. Yeah, that just sounds so awful, doesn't it? Mm, I don't know. Putting a fucking smile on your face. Who wants that? <laughs> Um, do you guys, uh, Fortnite's fun. <laughs> there wasn't even a Toodles or anything. There wasn't even like a... Nay, where can they listen? Where they can, where can they find us? Uh, um, Stitcher. Yes. I fucking hate you. I'm, I'm, an, Andro- I'm an Android <laughs> you user, can find us so on Stitcher. Stitcher's all yep. I know. <laughs> and also, if you have an Apple so if- device... Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. I mean, you can use Spotify. And I do have an iPod. Android. I don't use Spotify, and I felt really left out this past week when everybody you was missed posting up in the these, these fucking... Yeah. I totally missed out. I looked I at mine, know, and sorry, I didn't have crapped. a thing because, I, yeah, I don't fucking use Spotify. I think I had to literally... It was on the cloud. I had to download it to see if I even had a thing. Hmm, that's a bummer. So, well, I never one genre was soundtrack. Well, ooh, that comes, no as no comes as no surprise I to me. I to it. Big boy. Um, yeah. Well, everybody. <laughs> Have you guys heard Dixie D'Amelio's new song? Okay, on that no. note, and no. thank you yeah, for listening. Check you. us out on Letterboxd as well. Uh, link tree in our link in bio, Instagram. Okay, toodles. It's a really good song. It's so catchy. I'm going to play it right now, toodles. For one day, one day, I was really, 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 really sad. For one day, one whole day, 
listening to the those movie dudes podcast for the holidays only a few weeks away give us the greatest gift of them all and follow us on instagram or subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform if you know anybody that's into movies that wouldn't mind listening to three uncultured white guys from me and shoot the shit for an hour once a week make sure to shoot them a link stay safe everyone and as always wash those fucking hands